This podcast is brought to you by Lanco Group, your business partner for engineering solutions. You are listening to FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello there and welcome to Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We're back for another week of action and another win, but a nervy win this time in the Derby d'Italia over Inter Milan. 1-0 is how that match finished. Find out what took place and all the major talking points to come from that game very shortly. Another big hour in store, of course, plenty to look ahead to this week. Match day six of the UEFA Champions League. Another big meeting in Serie A next weekend as well, which we'll preview, and plenty of news off the field as always. If you would like to get in touch in this hour, at FNR underscore radio is where you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Patrick Galacci here in the studio with myself, Adriano Del Monte, talking all things Juventus. Now, Pat, a one-new win, as we said, very important win in terms of well, killing off the small hope that Inter had of a title run this season, but... Certainly made to work very hard for it. 1-0 the result, but could have been very different at Inter taking a few chances, particularly in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pretty hard-fought match for Juve, considering the first half Inter had a number of chances. Uh, Gagliardini hitting the post. Second half, um, I can't totally remember who it was, but uh, Chiellini managed to block a shot, um, which, you know, it was just about a one-on-one. So Inter definitely had their chances, and... Um, thankfully, it took a moment of quality from Cancelo down the left, uh, playing a, a different role on the on the left-hand side and putting a magnificent cross for Mandzukic, who forever the big game player. Mandzukic managed to um, get the only goal that won us the game. Pops up again, Mandzukic. His incredible season continues. It's amazing to think for Mandzukic, of course, coming off that long World Cup run with Croatia, well, the longest run you could possibly have, and he's just continued on. He's had... He's had his moments this season, but now seven goals. He scored more goals this season already than he did last season, I believe. So it's been a sensational start. And obviously, he and Ronaldo together, 17 goals between them in the league. So a phenomenal return by the duo there up top. Obviously, Dybala starting with them as well. What did you make of the of the trio up top? Of course, Dybala withdrawn about 20 minutes from time. Clearly wasn't that happy with being withdrawn, understandably so. Mandzukic getting the goal moments before that. Ronaldo not at his best in this one, but it was a it was a strange display by the trio, and in the end, Mandzukic the hero. Mm, yeah, it's just strange because Ronaldo, Dybala, Mandzukic had been in such terrific form in recent weeks, and coming into this game, you would have expected a lot from him, especially Ronaldo, considering he's scored or assisted in uh, each of his last 10 games. Uh, but going into this game, um, you know, I thought Ronaldo was... Almost terrible. Uh, every time he he looked to shoot uh, or advance at the defenders, it just never really worked. Uh, his shooting was completely off. Uh, Skriniar won a number of uh, one-on-one challenges against him, and overall was just uh, probably his worst performance. Um, not that uh, I mean, not that I want to criticize him too much, but it was definitely probably his worst game for Juve. Dybala, another that had a pretty poor game, couldn't really work himself into the match. And uh, to be honest, I think Allegri's 4-3-1-2 formation didn't really help them both. Um, 
I mean, you can understand why he went with that formation. The the quality players, Ronaldo and Dybala, you expect them to work in just about any formation. But Inter are a terrific defence. Uh, the second best defence in Serie A behind Juve. So credit to them. Um, but uh, I think um, the way the game played, played out, especially in the second half, it would have been a bit better for Allegri to revert to, say, a 4-3-3 with Ronaldo and Dybala or even Mandzukic out wide, which has probably worked a bit better in recent weeks. Post-match, Allegri touched on comments he's made many times before about Dybala. Now, obviously, Ronaldo agreed, not his best performance, but the consistency has certainly been there. Dybala has been one who has been working himself into form as the season has gone on. He he seems to be the scapegoat at times, Dybala. Allegri made a comment, if you Mm. saw, along the lines of, if I don't play him there's an issue with him. If I do play him, then you still have a go at him. So he's in this difficult position, Dybala, where, well, Ronaldo just plays 90 minutes week in, week out. Yeah. Mandzukic has not stopped scoring. So it feels at times that he's the odd one out. And, and as I said, he has been made to be the mm. scapegoat by the media on a number of occasions. It's tough because we see Dybala probably a bit further back in the field than he should be. I mean, I even mentioned last week, I feel that if Dybala was just about at any other club, he'd be... He'd be a 25 goals a season kind of player. He's just that talented. But at Juve, I mean, I I, I somewhat agree with the criticism. Um, I know that when things tend to go badly for us, people look at Dybala, and I can understand why he's supremely talented. Um, I'm sure that if Juve were to put him up for sale, he'd just about command a record for a fee. He's that good. Um, Not scoring enough goals for his talent level, and I think some of it is due to uh, the way Allegri plays him, um, as I mentioned, probably a bit further back in the field. He doesn't have the pace of a Douglas Costa or Bernadeschi to run at defenders. He's actually kind of slow, I guess. I, I noticed that especially against Sinta, he's not the quickest player. He's more of a, um, a tight spaces kind of attacker, which is where I think he needs to be at that central attacking midfield or just behind the striker role. Um, so, I mean, half of it's down to Allegri. And then, I mean, you, you also have to fault Dybala in the sense that uh, he doesn't typically bring his best each week. Mm. Well, you get, get the three points, irrespective of whether or not Ronaldo or Dybala were at their best in this one. And for Inter, it's just now one win in their last four. They're now 14 points behind the Bianconetti, who, of course, have now achieved this, well, continue to achieve this incredible record-breaking start to a season. In fact, the 43 points out of a possible 45 is the best ever start by a top five league side in European football history. So it's been a fair start. The dominance continues. Eight points clear of Napoli. And as I said, 14 points clear of Inter. We touch on the fact that there were a couple of opportunities for Inter, particularly in the first half. Gagliardini missing arguably their best opportunity on the night, but also a couple of other chances as well. Politano was quite dangerous at times and others. But you have to put some of the well, the clean sheet down to the dominance of the Juve back four, particularly Chiellini, who really stepped up again. Mauro Icardi with almost no impact on this match at all. Just how important was he? And again, he's going from strength to strength, getting even better, it feels, this season, particularly for me with the return of Bonucci, who's certainly aided that in some capacity. You just, it's, you have to remind yourself, Chiellini's 34 years old, and he's just putting in an absolutely, almost career-best season, uh, the way he's stepped up. Uh, Barzagli's aged, Bonucci's probably not the same defender he once was. He's still fantastic, but not quite at the level he was two, three years ago with Juve. Buffon's gone, he doesn't have that leader behind him. Um, 
And Keelin has really stepped up with the captain's armband this season. I thought that in those big moments, in big games, he's the guy leading us from defence. Always, um, even towards the end of matches, that final 20 minutes, he's the one with the most energy. Uh, even against Inter, we saw him running up, back, uh, forward, defence, everywhere. He put in a an incredible performance. And um, I think it's one of those games that come the end of the season, we'll look back on as one of the best defensive individual efforts uh, we'll see all season from any game around Europe. No doubt he's been brilliant, but he has been supported, as I said, by a couple of those other impressive performers. In the back four, it was Di Cilio Bonucci, Cancelo, who support him there. Obviously, Chesney in goal as well. It's five straight clean sheets now for this back four. They've been brilliant since that United disaster, those last five minutes conceding the two goals. No goals conceded since then. That must be very pleasing now looking ahead, particularly with Alexandro, obviously, who didn't play in this match and has been out with a niggling muscle uh, muscle injury recently. But there are some really positive signs defensively. And yes, led by Chiellini, but now five straight clean sheets. It's impressive times for this back four. Yeah, that's definitely picked up. Uh, early in the season, to a lot of um, UVF fans' surprise, I think our defence was a little shaky. Uh, that Kievo game, we conceded goals. The, 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 a few of the early games of the season, we conceded goals in games where we probably shouldn't have. And in the past... Games where Juve just would have absolutely swept these sides away. But um, our defence has definitely picked up. I think uh, along with Chiellini, Bonucci's gotten a lot better from a uh, an aerial perspective. Uh, those set pieces and corners aren't as much of a threat as they were early in the season, which is where we seem to concede a lot of our goals. Um, and it seems that, you know, those games where we conceded at silly moments are starting to wear out a bit. We're getting much better and perhaps the, uh, the side has learnt their lesson from that Man United game where we conceded two in, what was it, around five, ten mm, minutes. That's right. And uh, I definitely think adding to that, um, De Chilio coming in, Allegri uh, happy to start him at right back or left back, his defensive qualities. Um, Cancelo's gone a lot better defensively than what we saw at the start of the season. And then Alexandro's obviously um, going from strength to strength also. Mm. Well, five straight clean sheets, five straight wins. Happy days that you'll as the record-breaking start continues. Before we get to your votes for this match, Pat, looking at the Champions League, obviously five straight wins, all competitions, four in the league, one in the Champions League. The fact that they played a good side here in Inter, the fact that had the side been a a Barca, a City, a PSG at Champions League level, Mm. you would imagine that those early opportunities to Gagliardini particularly would have been taken by a Messi, by an Aguero, or by these world-class players. Does that give you any cause for concern when taking on these bigger sides in Europe, particularly next year in the latter stages of the competition? Uh, It does. I mean, you're always going to concede a few chances, but um, probably not as clear-cut as the ones against Inter. Inter definitely should have scored one. Um, But look... Credit to Juve also, we grinded it out. I had the feeling that even if we were to concede, that we um, we would have just had to have made it a lot harder for ourselves. I felt that we played well enough. Um, I mean, we weren't fantastic in the first half, but we were good enough to definitely, you could see a goal was in us. So I think that uh, even if Inter had a scored in the first half, Juve, with that quality off the bench in Douglas Costa, Bernadeschi especially, um, Ronaldo, Mandzukic, Dybala hadn't really given much in the first half. You could see Juve scoring in the second. I think we would have just made it harder for ourselves. And I mean, even if we have those those Barca's or Madrid's in the Champions League that will be able to score one against us, we can always rely on someone like a, a Ronaldo who has that difference in quality. And like I mentioned, that 
star-studded bench that brings um, uh, an unparalleled energy and and star factor. Absolutely, and they'll be very reliant on those individuals, of course, in the next round of the UEFA Champions League and the remainder of the Serie A season. But for Serie A this weekend, you'll be one of just four teams to register a win, quite, quite incredibly. You'll be Napoli and, of course, Atalanta and Empoli, the only winners this weekend. But you'll extend their lead at the top of Inter, but eight clear of Napoli, 14 clear of Inter, as I said, and a further three back to AC Milan, who round out the Champions League spots at this point in time. Before we get to a break, Pat, your votes for this round's win over Inter Milan. So three to Chiellini, uh, obviously an incredible performance. Um, I reckon it was around a 9.5 out of 10. It was just awesome. Uh, especially in the second half. Uh, it was just tackle upon tackle. Uh, two votes to Cancelo. I mean, if you look at the highlights, majority of our chances came from him, even though he was playing on the left-hand side. Uh, he's typically a right-back, but, I mean, the way he was cutting in on that right and um, it was a huge performance, especially capped off with that nice assist to Mandzukic for the winner. And one to Bentancur, uh, again in the votes. Fantastic performance. Uh, got stuck in with a number of tackles. I thought he ran incredibly hard and, and battled for the whole 90 minutes he was on the pitch despite going into the game with an injury concern. There you go. I thought Bentancourt, if Chiellini didn't have that masterclass game, I thought mm. Bentancourt was the best player on the park. He was sensational and very unfortunate not to get a goal, actually. He was in the right place on mm. a number of occasions, just like that final touch. But there you go, three of the more consistent performers this season performing yet again. Do you have a season update on your end? Yeah, still Ronaldo on top on uh, 21 votes. Second is Dybala on 12, Cancelo on 11, and Bentancur on 10 now. There you go. Plenty more news, views, and analysis still to come. Two big games this week as well. It's Young Boys and Torino. We'll preview those and plenty more. Stay tuned. This is Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back. Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Time to switch our focus now to some of the news off the pitch, still those previews of match day six of the Champions League and next weekend City R clash against Torino to come. But plenty of news as always. The January transfer period is fast approaching. Incredible to think that. But we'll start with a couple of the current players and some contract negotiations that are taking place as we speak. We'll start defensively, Pat, with Alexandro, of course, has missed the last couple of league games through injury. I think he picked up that injury against Valencia half-time where he was withdrawn mm, yeah, of that yeah. match. That would be the one there. So he hasn't played the last couple of games, obviously Fiorentina and Inter at the weekend, of course. We've reviewed that game in the first segment. But Sandro, according to reports, set to earn himself an extension, I believe, till 2023. Mm. Big news for Sandro, of course. Difficult season last time around, but this season has really got back to his very best. Absolutely. And uh, his first season at Juve, it seemed like that 40 mil that we paid was just an absolute bargain. The way he was performing, uh, contributing to our attack and also an elite defender uh, and was touted as one of the best left backs in the world at that point, probably just behind Marcelo. Uh, last season, not his best. Um, it seemed he was a little distracted perhaps by... Uh, rumours that he was going to go to a Man United or EPL. Uh, wasn't the best of seasons for him. And um, 
obviously came into this season with a bit of a cloud over that uh, contract negotiation. But this season he's definitely turned it around um, and it's it's been a massive help to Juve having Sandro back at his best, someone that was a massive massive contributor a couple of years ago. So um, it's nice to see him recapture that form um, and uh, and contribute to the team uh, in the way that he has uh, gotten back to being one of those best left-backs in the world. Mm. Incredible to think. It's gone very quickly. It's his fourth season now at Juventus after joining from Porto in the 2015-16 season campaign so it's gone very quickly but he's on his way to re-emerging and re-establishing himself as one of the world's best left backs has been his form at his best I think it's healthy now the bit of competition for spots as well with Cancelo and Di Chilio, both players able to play mm. on both sides and I think we saw that at the weekend I believe Di Chilio and Cancelo 15-20 minutes in actually switched flanks and then remained yeah. on those sides for the remainder of the game so that obviously adds some pressure onto Sandro to continue to perform. And so overall, I agree with you. I think he's done very well this season. And keep in mind, there have also been the rumours and reports about Marcelo and he switching mm, yeah. from Juve to Madrid as well. So a, a fine campaign. He seems to have matured as a player this season. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, by no means does the contract extension guarantee his stay at Juve beyond this season. But obviously, we'd command a nice fee mm. if you were to sign on. So... That's a massive positive, and we've even got Spinazzolo, who hasn't played a single minute this season, um, a guy who, uh, at his consistent best at Atalanta, was a starting left-back for the national team. He's a guy that hasn't played a minute, and, uh, I mean, the, the competition, as you mentioned, it can only be healthy. Seeing De Chilio come in and perform the way he has, I'm sure it only spurs um, Sandro on to perform even better, especially given Cancelo, the way he performed at left-back and his ability to, to play at that position, so... Uh, the depth in the in the squad at the moment at those uh, wing back possessions uh, positions is definitely healthy, and um, I think we can expect to see those guys go from strength to strength. Depth is certainly very healthy defensively, even more so up front. And the latest reports for the attackers are suggesting that Mandzukic might be close to a contract extension as well. Your thoughts on this? Obviously, thirty-two. He yeah would oh, obviously second to Ronaldo actually mm. in terms of age up top, but not getting any younger, but clearly has proven that he's he's got some years left in him still. Was that his ferocious best against Inter, looking the goods? How long do you think he has left with this Juve side at the top? And is he worth an extension given the seven goals and what we've seen from him this season? I don't think you'll see a Juve fan um, disagreeing with a Mandzukic contract extension, especially given what's happened with Buffon, Man, uh, Marquisio, Del Piero in the past, how these guys haven't been able to finish their career at Juve. Mandzukic is 32 now, um, perhaps a two, three-year extension. So it would take him to around 34, 35. He's a guy with an endless amount of energy. So he's still able to play at a a very high level. And like you mentioned earlier in the show, he's having an incredible season, um, already matching his goal tally or something along those Mm. lines as last season. So the goals seem to be flowing and um, it's just incredible to see him maintain that starting spot considering uh, we've got... Douglas Costa, who costs us around 40, 45 mil. Uh, Bernardeschi, his emergence, and then obviously the inclusion of Ronaldo. I don't think many Juve fans would have expected Mandzukic to uh, maintain his spot in the starting lineup to this point in the season, but he's obviously banging in the goals and, and performing in key moments. Well, that's the thing. He's the reason why those players, Cuadrado as well, are being kept mm. out of the lineup. Had he not been scoring at this rate, he certainly would have been the one you feel would have made way, but. 
Hasn't been the case, and the Croatian international, as I said, or the former Croatian international, has gone on from the World Cup and incredibly continued this run of form. It's a fine performance by him and deservedly in the running for a new contract there. I mentioned Cuadrado. Latest reports, very fresh reports out of it, suggesting that Sevilla have shown some interest in the winger. He's, he's played almost everywhere this season. He's played defensively. He's played in his more natural right-wing role can certainly still be a key figure for this Juve side. But obviously, with all the quality and depth up top, he probably is number six of the six up top at the moment. And that's why we have seen him played in different roles this season. According to these reports, Sevilla reportedly offering up to €20 million for his services and potentially looking to make a bid in January. A word on your thoughts on whether or not Juve should consider Mm. an option to let the Colombian leave. I like Cuadrado, but there's no denying he's uh, he's been a little hit and miss with us this season, and which has somewhat been the case over the last two years. He's, he tends to be a little inconsistent. Um, his best being pretty good, but his, his worst being pretty average. Um, there's not really an in-between with him. So, um, I mean, I, I like the guy, but... He's he's around twenty nine thirty now, so he's not going to have too much resale value in a year or two. Um, twenty million sounds like a, a pretty healthy amount. Uh, I don't think Juve paid too much more than that. I think it was around twenty five for Cuadrado. So we'd just about be getting back what we bought for him when he was at his prime. So um, I think he'd be a loss, but like you mentioned, he's around our sixth attacker. So. Um, definitely replaceable. Mm. And still there are, of course, plenty of other younger attackers in the league still linked to the the club. So we'll see what takes place. Of course, a few of those Fiorentina players that we touched on last week have still seen their names linked to the Bianconetti. Speaking of being linked to the Bianconetti, the, the rumour that does not go away is Paul Pogba. Now, hasn't seen many minutes under Mourinho of late and, well, hasn't had the best of seasons, obviously. That's been well documented. The latest reports are very similar to what we've brought you in recent weeks, but yet again, the bar has been set lower and the bar being referenced to the relationship between Pogba and Mourinho. They're saying now it has hit rock bottom. Well, last week and the week before it was also rock bottom, so I don't know how much lower they can go. But Mm. at the moment, they're saying that they have completely fallen out. Pogba didn't feature at the weekend, United defeat of Fulham. January, the move to Juve, it's still up in the air. It's still in. It's still being suggested that this could happen. Do you think it will happen, or do you think maybe something else is in the works potentially? Well, to be honest, I think the only way Pogba stayed at uh, Man United was um, whether Mourinho was sacked. But that seems to be that uh, Mourinho is going to stay now. So you can probably expect Pogba to leave in January, and especially now with the. Um, uh, the new rule changes where you can buy a guy who's already featured in the Champions League and play for another Champions League club in the back half of the year. Uh, that new rule, I think um, Pogba, it definitely um, helps his chances of leaving Man United and another big club potentially putting in a big bid. Uh, I don't know that I see Juve um, spending that kind of money on Pogba. Uh, I think he'll probably prefer to go to a Barca or Real Madrid perhaps for the new challenge or something along those lines. Um, and like we are saying um, during the break, uh, I mean, if Bentancourt continues to go from strength to strength mm. till January, it doesn't really give us reason to spend that kind of amount on a uh, on a midfielder. Bentancourt is only 21, so the guy's, you know, he's still 
you wouldn't, ex- especially playing in Italy, you wouldn't expect a guy to reach, you know, his best till probably 26, 27 being a midfielder in Italy. But he's, he's only 21. So um, his form is definitely encouraging and doesn't really give us reason to spend that kind of amount on, on a Paul Pogba type player. Well, Pogba and United currently sixth in England, 16 points off the top. They just had their first win in five league games. So, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm with you. I think that he will leave because it does appear Mourinho will stay, albeit for the time being. But I think that Pogba will certainly leave and could leave as early as January. And it will be because of that new Champions League rule where you will no longer be cup tied. So that does open the door to moving, continuing in the Champions League, And whether it's Juve, Barca, Madrid, I think a move will certainly be on. But more to come on that. Again, the January transfer period opens in three weeks. So plenty more to come there. That's the players. No no murmurs off the pitch with regards to the coach. But Allegri has won an award. He's been named the Coach of the Year in Serie A. I believe for a record-breaking fourth time, which takes him past some former greats of the Juventus coaching landscape. His time at Juve has been so interesting. I remember when he came in from Milan, many Juve fans very unhappy with the appointment of Allegri. Obviously, an individual who took a great Milan side, I believe he won a championship, and then obviously didn't end too well from there. But overall now, despite a few of the question marks in terms of decisions he's made at times and a few selection decisions, and particularly the way in which he's handled some, or he's been a part of the handling of some legends of the club, Overall, how do we rate his time with the Bianconeri given all the success and dominance he's brought to the club? Well, considering um, Conte didn't have the best of times with Juve in the Champions League, I think the furthest he got us was the round of eight from memory. Probably Mm -hmm. the round of eight was the furthest he got us. Didn't really um, seem to have that Champions League DNA as a coach. Uh, So when Allegri came in, I don't think anyone expected him to... Um, I know there were a lot of doubters, especially considering the way his time at Milan came to an end. But um, I don't think anyone expected Allegri to take us to two Champions League finals, which is just beyond expectation. The way that he's come in and um, won the Scudetti for, I think, another four times. So Conte won mm-hmm. it three times. Allegri's gone on and won it four times. He's had a, a massive amount of squad rotation in that time. Um, you know, we saw that. Uh, that team at the time as Conte's team, the way he built it. Allegri's come in, formed his own squad, and uh, I think his legacy at Juve will be the the way that he's carried on from what Conte built and made this squad his own. And if I had to um, cap his time at Juve out of 10, I'm going to say a 9.5, just considering um, he's won, what, three domestic doubles now in a row, yep. maybe even four, can't even keep count anymore. But... Um, that point five missing, obviously, being the Champions League final, uh, which has eluded us for so long now, 25 years, uh, no, 22 years. Um, so, yeah, that's the only way I think uh, Allegri, if he were to win the Champions League with you, I think he will go down as um, our best coach of all time. Uh, it is incredible to think, but you're spot on there with your summary. And... Just on Conte, you're right. Uh, he got Juve to a quarterfinal. That was the 4-0 defeat on Adrian against Bayern Munich in mm. 2013. I remember that very clearly. That was a dominant display by Bayern Munich. And really, Juve were nowhere near it, to be fair, at that stage. And then it was a group stage exit in his final in his final season before, obviously, Juve made the final mm. in against Barcelona 
in Berlin. He did take Juve to that semi-final of the Europa League, which oh, they yeah. lost to Benfica. Mm. That was a, I believe that was a massive missed opportunity. That one, obviously taking care of Fiorentina and Leon in the lead up to that. But Allegri has certain certainly taken. Juventus to the next level. He does need that Champions League win, though, to cap off what would be a 10 out of 10 career with the old lady. But on that note, we are off to our final break for the day. Previews of what's to come later this week, including the upcoming Champions League match day six clash as Juve look to seal top spot with a win. Stay tuned. Nearing the end of another edition of Mondo Juve right here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back as we wrap up Mondo Juve with a couple of previews, a couple of games to come this week. First up, the UEFA Champions League match day six. A, a big game, bigger than we would have thought, particularly during the match day four clash against United. Top spot appeared, well, it appeared the Bianconeris, but it's not the case because obviously that one defeat in this competition has kept United in it. The permutations of this, going into the final day, Juve go to Switzerland to take on Young Boys. Now, Young Boys had a 3-2 win at the weekend over the second-place side. They're still the leaders of that competition, so playing very well domestically. But Juve need to win because if Juve draw and United defeat Valencia in Spain, United have the better head-to-head record due to the away goals, the 2-1 win in Torino, which means United will finish top. So Juve win, Juve finish top, Juve draw, then better hope that United don't win because a second-place finish could be on the cards. But going into this one, Pat, surely, with still plenty to play for and plenty on the line, surely three points is the only option here. Uh, Absolutely, and considering we've won four games out of five and that one uh, loss came with the capitulation against Man United at home. I think Juve, you can expect us to go to Switzerland and, and get a result against young boys who haven't won a game. I think they've just drawn one. One, one draw against yeah. Valencia. So they've been pretty underwhelming. Um, I think you can expect Juve to go to young boys um, with the intent to top the group and put in a pretty good performance. Yeah, certainly will be it certainly will be a test. Can't take young boys lightly, but they have nothing to play for because Europa League's off the cards Obviously, Valencia four points clear of young boys having defeated them in the return. So 3-1 and 1-1 for them. But yeah, Valencia with nothing to play for as well. It does appear a routine close to the group stage. However, stranger things have happened. So Juve will need to turn up. How do you feel Allegri will approach this one? Obviously, it is very important. But do you look at this match with an eye on Torino to come? Do you look at this match with, well, this is where we'd field our strongest 11? Or do you maybe look to shuffle things around, still confident you'll get the three points? I think he will um, put our best foot forward in the uh, young boys game. We've some rest against Torino on the weekend, uh, perhaps with a, a defender stepping in for Bonuccio Chiellini against Torino and uh, some rotation in attack with Berna and Douglas Costa who haven't played too much recently. So I think we can expect a similar lineup to the Inter game against uh, young boys. Perhaps if there is a swap, Alexandro, if he's fit, for De Chilio, who's more of a defensive option. Juve obviously need to win this game because um, you can't really take the risk that Man United would drop points, mm-hmm. even if it, you know, there, there is probably a good chance of that. 
Uh, I think that Juve will still go out to young boys with the intent to win and uh, and put a pretty strong um, formation in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. I'm not tipping that United will win against Valencia, but you certainly mm. can't take that risk. So fielding a full-strength lineup here against young boys is certainly the wise move with Torino to come at the weekend. Let's go there, of course. The rivalry there, Torino-Juve, there have been some classic encounters, some famous memories from this fixture in recent seasons. Again, I suppose the result will, with the lead that Juve have at the top, eight points clear of Napoli, 14 clear of Inter. Really, it doesn't really matter on the outcome here, but obviously a fierce rivalry, and Juve will will lift for this one and will want the three points against the side in Torino, who a nil-nil with Milan this morning, but a side in Torino who are really playing themselves into some nice form and quite incredibly are at this stage in the mix for Champions League spot. Mm, I mean, Torino are six, so they're doing pretty well, uh, even ahead of Roma this season, mm. so... Pretty good start to their season and uh, the Turin derbies in the past have been pretty tough contests. Um, there always seems to be a little more physicality and uh, Juve have had to battle for those wins. Um, uh, I think Juve will want to cap off their recent run of uh, big games with a nice win against Torino and keep that form going, especially heading into Christmas. I think we've got one more Massive game after Torino where we are away at the Olimpico against Roma. Home, home. Oh, at home. Mm. So that's another big game there. Despite Roma's um, recent form, they're still a big team uh, with the ability to to knock us off. So mm. uh, I think we'll want to keep up that run of form and um, pick up maximum points from both fixtures this weekend and go into that Roma game and, and finish off this stretch with uh, maximum points in each contest. Yep. Torino have had... Not much luck against Juve over the journey. In fact, this century, just the one win, and that was in 2015, just a month before the Champions League final against Barcelona with Darmian and Qualiarella scoring for Torino to come from behind and win Pidlo with the opener there back in April of 2015. That's their only win over Juve this century my statistics here, which is quite incredible. But you are right, always quite physical affairs, these these Turin Derby. So looking forward to that one. And you are right as well. Roma after the Torino match, a trip to Atalanta after that, and then a home test against Sampdoria just a couple of days later to close out 2018. Incredibly, 60 Serie A games in the month of December, the second most ever. I think the most ever was 61 in 1934. So a lot of football still to come. And so after this week, the Champions League clash four rounds within 13 days. That is a lot of football to be played. But again, season-defining maybe, but the lead at the moment just so significant for the Bianca Neri, but I'm sure that Allegri will want to end the season on a high, well, the year on a high. Before we wrap up, there was news that, that was confirmed, I believe, late last week about the Supercoppa Italiana, the final there, the Super Cup, which will be contested between... Juve and Milan to be played in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. So upon return from the, I suppose, the New Year break, Juve have a Coppa Italia clash against Bologna in Italy. And then three days later, have to play in Saudi Arabia against Milan before returning to Italy to play Kiev in the league. Three winnable games, but 
an additional trip, I suppose, to throw into the works for the Juve players. Mm, definitely. And Saudi Arabia is quite a fair way from Italy, I think. So that's, it's a well, fair that's trip. That's right. It's, it's like yeah. another Champions League trip, but with some serious distance. Yeah. Um, I forgot that the Supercopa still had to be played, to be honest, because <laughs> they usually right. play it before the season starts, mm. but now they've left it to December or Jan. December. January, January. January. There you go. So, um, yeah, that sounds like a tough... Tough little run of matches, but it's a good thing we've got Kievo at home after that Milan clash because Kievo aren't doing too well. Yeah, that's right. I think the timing of that one is quite well. But a lot of football to the appetite in early 2019. Lazio, Parma to come after that. So plenty to look forward to. But, of course, this week all eyes on young boys in the Champions League. That match Wednesday evening European time, Thursday morning Australian time, Wednesday afternoon. Eastern time, United States time there. So plenty of football to come and then Torino at the weekend. But with the lead as it is, it looks like that Juve are well and truly on track to an eighth straight Scudetto as their dominance over Italian football continues. Pat, we'll leave it there for today. Very well done again this week. Look forward to doing it again next week at the same time. Of course, Mondo Juve here where we have you covered with all of the latest news, views, and analysis from the Juventus Football Club. But do join us next week at the same time. This has been Mondo Juve here on FNR Football Nation Radio, your voice of football here in Australia and right around the world. Until next time, it's goodbye for now. 